So I'm sitting here in my office at Remax Kelowna, and I'm chatting it up with Tracy Cochran. Uh, Tracy is the owner of Points West, and technology and the customers it helps is her focus. Points West has a really interesting healthcare division that supplies equipment for long-term care facilities with a focus on staff safety and dementia care. And I definitely want to ask Tracy about that. Uh, Points West reach extends to customers throughout British Columbia, Yukon, and the Northwest Territories. And Points West has been recognized for its high levels of customer service for almost 30 years. Um, Volunteering is also a passion of Tracy's. She serves as a committee member for the annual Walk to Fight Arthritis Parent Advisory Councils, Girl Guides of Canada, and her latest position is as a director on the board for Starbright Children's Development Centre. So, first of all, Tracy, uh, thank you for coming on the show today. I know you're an extremely busy person, uh, so I really appreciate your time. And I want to give you a platform to tell us about your work and about your fascinating life. So maybe you could fill in some of the gaps that I've left out about yourself, uh, where you're from, how long you've been the owner of Points West, and uh, a little bit about your volunteer work. Well, thank you for the opportunity. It's, uh, it's always nice to sit down and talk with you, Luke, and you're such a wonderful person and you know, so kind to open up this kind of platform to, to business owners and entrepreneurs, and so it's a really nice experience. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, you're right. I bought Points West um, Gosh, it's going back to 2011, and when I purchased the company, it was a little two-person operation that sold a lot of technology into classrooms, mostly projectors and screens and smart boards, and I fell in love with technology when I took my daughter to kindergarten, and uh, the teacher had a smart board, so we were so excited and moved to Kelowna and put my daughter in grade one, and uh, they didn't have any technology in their classroom, and so I was on a mission to find out who was selling the technology because I was going to do everything I could mm-hmm. to get that tech into the classroom for my kids. And, uh, and I found Points West. That would have been, so in 2010, mm-hmm. uh, my husband and I were in business in a different type of industry and I didn't like it. It was actually gas stations. Oh, wow. And uh, we had five shell gas stations. And I just was uh, frustrated with people stealing and the vandalism and really wanted to do something on my own. Mm-hmm. And uh, found Points West, so I actually started working for them and then ended up falling in love with the company and buying it. (laughs) So Points West is into all kinds of things right now. At the time, was it just uh, classroom technology and then you expanded? When I first bought Points West, it was uh, really focused on education and that was the majority of their business. Um, They did do some corporate business, but not a lot. So when I took over the company... Um, We continued to focus on education, but really tried to expand our product offerings and reach out to more customers, and uh, even existing customers, how could we let them know uh, that we were expanding what we could provide to them and offer different types of tech, whether it was a boardroom or a meeting room or a classroom. Um, And then a couple years into it as well, we were called to a church in Penticton, and uh, they needed a sound system. But this big, beautiful church was so echoey and loud and reverberant that it was going to cost a fortune to put in this sound system. 
to overcome the bad acoustics. So I said, well, let's fix the acoustics. And that's how our acoustics division was born. And um, so we fixed the acoustics first. And that way, no matter what was happening in the church, anybody would be comfortable in the space. And then we put in the sound system. It was much more affordable and easier to use for volunteers. And so we still get rave reviews from that project. And that's how the acoustics division developed. And now we do acoustics for classrooms, churches, recreationals. We do a lot with higher education facilities. So anywhere, restaurants, wineries, anything that's really loud and hard, hard to have a conversation, and we fix that. Now, medical equipment as well. So tell us a little bit about that, how you got into that, and what kind of uh, products and services you offer there. So the healthcare division was really born out of uh, my mom got sick a couple of years ago um, and ended up at the Vernon Jubilee Hospital in Emerge and then into a resident or a patient's room. And I noticed on the wall that there was this big button that said code white. And so I got talking to the nurses and said, what's a code white? And they told me that it's an emergency situation. So if they were getting attacked or somebody was getting violent, they could push this button and their coworkers, an alarm would be sounded and their coworkers could come and give them a hand. But my thought around that was, well, what if somebody's between you and the button or they tackle you or they've hurt you and you can't get to the button? What do you do? And they didn't have a solution for that. So I started doing some research and uh, discovered some new technologies um, coming out of uh, European countries. And and so I dove into it deeper and deeper. And then I ended up meeting a gentleman who had had experience with nurse call systems and uh, healthcare grade mobile phones. And so we've really integrated a whole safety system now. And we've really focused on long-term care homes. So we really focus on uh, residential care homes, long-term care homes, where there's a high level of dementia um, cases where people, their cognitive abilities have really declined. And because of that, they get very frustrated and they take that frustration out on their care workers. So people who are trying to look after people with dementia are getting beat up daily. And the, the numbers are absolutely staggering. There's more injuries in healthcare than there is in construction or first responders, wow. police work. Care workers are the number one injured workers in Canada. And it's scary. And the numbers are getting worse because we're short-staffed. We don't have enough long-term care homes. Um, there's The numbers of early-onset dementia are rising. And then you take people who have maybe had a number of overdoses from, you know, various street drugs. Well, after they've been resuscitated a number of times, they they can't, they don't have the cognitive ability to live on their own anymore, so they get placed in long-term care homes. Well, when you've got that mix of residents, problems happen. And uh, so it's getting scary out there, and um, trying to find workers is tough, so then there's staff shortages. So we really provide um, a safety net for nurses and frontline workers and uh, and help them with those violent situations to get a quick response in a very timely manner. Is that the main or the only uh, healthcare product that you have is the uh, the safety things? Well, we have a full safety system and it's called CARI. So it's a virtual nurse really. And so it's a fully integrated system that actually has three components to it. One is about keeping the staff safe. So the, the staff actually wear a small little tag that if they, you know, their spidey senses go up and they're feeling something is happening or about to happen, somebody's uneasy or um, potentially encountering a violent situation, they can just discreetly press this tag and an alert goes out to the caregiver's phones that they're working with to come and give them help before the problem escalates. So that's one component of it. A second component, of course, is the medical-grade phones that we use. So 
those can be, you know, integrated into the care home just on their own. So if they just need communication devices between workers, we provide those as well, but they can be integrated then into the small tags for a staff safety system. But then the third part of it is using using artificial intelligence. Um, so between the three pieces of the, this equipment, our safety system, we call it a virtual nurse. And it's not to take the, the jobs of nurses or, you know, take work away from people is to, to let them know that somebody's watching over them to make them feel safe and secure in their job. But what we do with artificial in- intelligence is we have a small little sensor that we put on the ceiling in, um, could be the cafeteria or the dining room, public spaces, even in a resident's room. It's not recording anything. It's just analyzing what's happening in that space. So if a resident gets out of bed in the middle of the night and trips and falls, it'll send an alert to that group to that care worker's phone, say, hey, Mr. Smith has fallen down, go help them, without having to try and get to a nurse call uh, device. So there's the three components of the safety system that can be done individually or as a full system. It sounds like you've got three primary divisions in your company, so like audio, visual, acoustics, um, education, and healthcare, and especially long-term care dealing with dementia and people who have uh, cognitive disabilities. Um, what would you say is the fastest growing for you out of those three segments? Well, it's interesting. The audiovisual division just continues to grow. Like the work we're getting because we do a good job, uh, just continues to grow and expand in bigger and bigger projects. So, you know, I need to hire people because <laughs> we're growing so fast in that area. And, uh, but the acoustics division, I think there's just so much room for the acoustics because there's just so many loud restaurants out there, for example. We all know when we go out for dinner and we can hardly hear ourselves think, let alone have a conversation with somebody across the table. But ultimately, I think the healthcare division for our company has the most, most growth just because of our aging population and the need for keeping people safe. And the existing equipment that's in care homes now just isn't doing what's needed. And it's not keeping people safe like it's intended. So these care homes are spending a lot of money on nurse call systems and traditional equipment that really doesn't work and it doesn't address the problem. So that's where I think our biggest area of growth is. Wondering if you would share a personal story with us, uh, something about personal transformation. So I'm fascinated by stories of how people have changed. And uh, when I make new friends, I'm always interested to hear something from their past that surprises me. Like, I can't believe that was you. Uh, if, if you're comfortable sharing something like that, something that you've uh, evolved in or how you've matured or, you know, a different way of looking at things uh, today than you did when you were younger. I grew up in Winnipeg, born and raised in Winnipeg, and uh, it was in the late 90s. I was really stuck in a rut, and you kind of feel like you don't know what you want to do with your life. And I tried university for a couple of years and was very successful. I had a a scholarship for sports and, um, you know, and decided that that's not what I wanted to do anymore. And so you try different fields and landed in the hotel industry completely by fluke Mm -hmm. and um, started doing sales for them for a different hotel company in Winnipeg. But again, you kind of get to a point in your life where, you you know you can do more and you're capable of more things and uh, an opportunity came up in Edmonton uh, through a friend of mine and I really had to to make a big tough decision as to you know did I want to take a chance and take a leap of faith in myself and and make a, a huge change in my life and and I did and I went after this job and got it and 
threw my two cats in the car and a suitcase and drove to Edmonton and started the whole next phase of my life. And I just think of, uh, you know, I think the best thing that people can try and do in their life is to take a bit of risk once in a while. And, you know, we always have that, that safe space, but, you know, you can get very comfortable and bored. And, you know, looking back to, you know, when you're in your 20s and I'd never want to be, you know, in my 70s or 80s and looking back and going, oh, I wonder what would have happened if. And so I think that's a time in my life that was just so, such a big evolution in who I became today and just taking that big, that big leap and trusting myself and realizing that I had that safety net, that if I failed, then that was okay. At least I tried it Mm -hmm. and I could always go back to Winnipeg if I wanted, but that was probably the a monumental time in my life that really made me who I am today. Because just taking that chance now, I realized that if you fail, it's okay. It's not always ideal, but at least you can recover and and uh, look back at where you came from and look forward. So that was about twenty years ago. You went to Edmonton. Uh, how did you end up in Kelowna, and when, when did you get here? I was in the hotel business in Edmonton and uh, worked up the corporate ladder uh, through the hotel companies I worked for and uh, met my now husband and his family had uh, experience in the hotel business and we all kind of pooled our money together and uh, actually bought bought our own little motel and um, was successful with it and sold it and was able to buy a bigger hotel and uh, and that was successful so we ended up owning three hotels collectively as a family and uh, two were in northern Alberta and uh, another one was in Lethbridge and uh, that was a lot of hard work. Boy, you know, as a, you know, I had two kids that came around and, you know, there's your two children and you're in the laundry room folding sheets and doing, you know, inventory in the liquor room and having to work shifts in the bar just to make your business succeed and work and, and then still look after two kids as well. And um, that really toughens you up. And we were fortunate that just before the downturn in 2009, we had uh, a company come in and want to buy our two northern hotels and another buyer uh, purchased our southern hotel. And both sets of grandparents were in the Okanagan. My parents had moved out to Vernon and my in-laws were in Oyama and we had two little kids and we thought, well, let's get closer to grandparents and make sure that they had those connections because family is really important to my husband and I. And um, we looked into what other businesses we could get into and we got into gas stations and ended up with five shell gas stations. And we thought, you know, we were very uh, much about customers and customer service from our hotel industry. And we wanted to bring that to the gas station industry. And we did that for a few years. And then I bought Points West. You've had a lot of success. Uh, have you had any setbacks in your life? Or was it all smooth sailing your entire life? I don't think anyone's life is ever <laughs> smooth sailing. We all have ups and downs. Um, I think the biggest challenge I had was in 2005, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, which is why I've, I did volunteer work for, um, the arthritis society. And, um, that's been, you know, that's had a big impact in my life because it's a, not a fun disease. And I always um, like to share my story because, um, you know, here I am with a, a disease that can be very painful and affect every aspect of your life. And so I do uh, presentations out at uh, UBC and to medical professionals explaining what the disease is and family practitioners, massage therapists, anybody in healthcare so that they better understand the disease and know how to work with somebody who has it. Um, And so that I think was something that's had a huge, huge impact in my life. And um, I think that really made me even more passionate about volunteering was getting involved with the arthritis society and um 
and just approaching different organizations and seeing how I could help. Arthritis, I, I don't know much about it. I understand it's very painful, and um, it, it varies, as I understand it. Like, so sometimes it's more painful than others. Uh, how, how did you get past, when you first discovered, it must have been devastating to find out. How do you mentally get past something like that, and uh, how do you deal with it on a daily basis? When it started, I was actually three months pregnant with my second daughter. So I had to go through my whole pregnancy. Um, and we didn't even know at that time what was happening because they kept testing me and everything was negative because of uh, the pregnancy. So it wasn't until she was about six months old that they were finally able to diagnose me and get me in touch with a rheumatologist who then got me started on medications. And so I've been through uh, five different medications now and in, in various forms. And... Um, and that's what kind of gets me through the day. But uh, as those medications start to um, not be effective anymore for you, you have to go through a transition period, which is very uncomfortable and painful. And, you know, it's it's hard to get up in the morning when it hurts to put your feet on the floor sometimes and go and run a business and look after your kids and, you know, still want to be a contributing member of society. So, you know, I'm a very determined, stubborn person. And... Um, there's people who don't understand how I can do what I do, but I almost need my business and my kids and my volunteer work to keep my mind off of not feeling well. And so that's kind of how I get through my day is, you know, I want to make sure the people around me are looked after, but um, I need to stay busy and just keep my mind off of things sometimes. And not everybody can do that. And I'm fortunate that I have a lot of support. My husband is wonderful and amazing. And my two daughters are at an age now where, they can help me if I need help around the house or they can do a lot of the chores that maybe I can't do that day. And so I'm grateful for the network I have around me. My in-laws have been a huge help and support and same with my family. So I'm very lucky that way. Tell us a little bit more about your volunteer work and what you love about it and what you find challenging. But uh, tell us how you got into that. You, you touched on it with the arthritis but you're into a whole bunch of things volunteer-wise, so tell us a little bit about that. Um, my Girl Guides um, involvement was as a leader, as well as uh, supporting various events and, and uh, their involvement. My two daughters were both in Girl Guides for many, many years, and it was just an organization that I really believed in, that I saw benefiting young girls and getting them exposure to different activities and tasks and things that they maybe wouldn't have access to otherwise. Um, I, and then Starbright, actually, Starbright uh, Children's Development Center is uh, just a, the most amazing organization. And we had actually done some work at their facility on Bernard here in Kelowna. Um, we did some acoustics work for them because uh, they really specialize in children who have, with autism, for example, in speech language, uh, developmental needs, and so many different areas. And uh, we had done some work for them uh, from Points West, and I just connected with the executive director, Rhonda Nelson. She's just the most amazing lady. And uh, they approached me, actually, and, and asked me to be a director on the board. And, and so I've been doing that now for a couple of years. And I just can't believe the, the work that those wonderful people there do and for those uh, amazing children. And then uh, I'm also now on the committee for the Discovery Luncheon for the BC Cancer Foundation. And the Discovery Luncheon I went to back in November and uh, just blew me away at the stories that come out of that organization, what the BC Cancer Foundation does for people uh, trying to survive cancer. And 
Um, so now I'm on the committee for that. And uh, so we have our meetings uh, once a month and the big luncheons in November. And uh, so there's a Facebook page and everything online. So anything you can do, or if you want to buy a table, let me know. <laughs> I'd be happy to help you out. But an, again, another amazing organization that I'm happy to be a part of. So I think we naturally attract the clients and the friends and the relationships that sort of mirror ourselves. And uh, usually that's great. Um, sometimes it's not so great. But I believe, you know, life is kind of like a mirror. So it's important um, and it's helpful when we're clear about who we are and what our standards are and what we're looking to accomplish in our field of work and our volunteer work and so on. So... Tell us a little bit about what makes you unique among your peers and your ideal client, the sort of person that you love to work with. What makes me unique is uh, the industry I'm in is very male-dominated, so being a woman in this industry is very rare. I was just at a technology conference down in Las Vegas a couple weeks ago, and there's 44,000 people at this conference, and only a few hundred of them are women. And so that makes me unique. Our company, Points West, is also very unique that we have three divisions. Most companies don't do what I'm doing and incorporate the three aspects um, of technology that we do. So again, that's very unique. And uh, I know I've got some competitors watching me and uh, watching what we're doing. Um, And, you know, just being in this industry and really having fun with it, I think um, just makes me happy to go to work every day. And not everybody can say that. I love what I do. I love my business. The team I have are, I know everybody says how great their team is, but I, I've never met a more um, interesting, fun group of people to work with. And I'm so grateful for that. And my ideal customer, um, really just somebody who likes to make decisions and really evaluates the solution we're really big about finding the right product for the right price for the right environment. Just because I carry this type of projector doesn't mean that that's right for you. I want to find out what's going to be best for my customer. And um, so my ideal customer is really somebody who's interested in technology and making an interesting solution for their business or for their classroom or for their care facility. And um, wanting to, to shift their way of thinking and trying something new and getting rid of old stuff that just doesn't work anymore and really taking a leap of faith into new stuff that's going to really do a great job for them. Looking back on your years of experience in business, uh, what is one piece of advice you would give to someone brand new who is thinking of quitting their corporate job or um, out of university and they want to start a business? What is some advice you could give to someone Surround yourself with really great supportive people. Uh, get some champions. Really get people behind you that are supportive. And, you know, again, I said earlier, you know, taking a risk, it's tough, but you don't want to look back on your life and say, darn, I wish I would have tried this. You know, just try it. And if you fail, you know, failure sucks. But at least you can say you you did it, you attempted it. And um, really getting good people around you and um, just taking the chance. I'm going to put you on the spot now. Uh, Please name someone in Kelowna who you think is a fascinating person and who you would like to see come on this show in the future. It's actually quite easy. Laurel Douglas with the Women's Enterprise Center. She is a fantastic lady and has made such an impact in so many women's lives. 
and the Women's Enterprise Center is um, just an amazing organization helping women who want to get into business and start their own business or be an entrepreneur, just really help them, everything from financial to marketing to accessing financing. And so what they do for women and women business owners um, is just, it's mind-boggling what they can do with such a small organization. So I would say Laura Douglas, absolutely get her on here. Tracy, if someone is interested in talking to you about your services or finding out more about what you do, including your public speaking work, what's the best way for someone to get in touch with you or find out more? Probably the best way would be call me at the office, (laughs) Points West. I seem to be there a lot. (laughs) So, um, yeah, our phone number is 250-861-5424. Or you can go to our website, pointswestav.com. Thank you very much, Tracy. Uh, I feel like I've learned something today, and we got to know you a little bit better on a personal level. So thank you for your time and for coming on the show. Well, Luke, I always, you know, it's always good to see you, and I uh, really appreciate this opportunity and, and having the time to have a conversation with you. So thank you.